Broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina on Sports Byline USA. Uniting sports fans everywhere, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. I'm not sure that God really cares about my comfort or my happiness so much as he does my holiness and my surrender to him. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I think if we're going to get to our full potential in anything, um, it's going to require community around us. Bringing you high energy and thought-provoking sports talk with a purpose. You're going to be defined as a man, as a husband, as a father. When you take the uniform off, who is that guy? Now, from his mic to your ears, this is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to Unpacking It, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. We've got an awesome show for you today. First up, we'll be joined by Matt Schick. He's an ESPN broadcaster. He does TV, radio. He's a a versatile broadcaster. And we're going to hear all about his faith journey as well as his broadcasting career. And, And he's a family man, and so we'll talk about that. And then, toward the end of the show, we'll welcome on Tony Kemp, Uh, From the Houston Astros, he's a second baseman and an outfielder, and he actually played his college baseball at Vanderbilt. So a lot to get to with him as well, and and we'll hear how uh, he's feeling about this year's team, and and they're they're leading the AL West, and so we'll, we'll hear about his faith journey as well. At the end of the show, we'll do our segment, Unpack This, and I want to talk about a player who in the NFL is missing out on $10 million because of an injury uh, and, and poor production last year, and his perspective on the the here and now and, and not dwelling on the past, and, and so how that relates to our own lives. So you want to stick around for that. Hope that that will be an encouragement to all of us today. You can check out our website, unpackingit.com. You can also email me, bryce at unpackingit.com. And while you're on our website, be sure to subscribe to our weekday email devotional. It's a quick thought about sports, faith, and life that we send out through email uh, Monday through Friday. And you can subscribe for free on our website, unpackingit.com. Thanks so much for being a part of the show. We'll be back with Matt Schick right after this. It's Unpacking It on Sports Byline USA, Sirius XM Channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio, and the American Forces Network. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing great today. Check out our website, unpackingit.com. And joining us now is Matt Schick, broadcaster for ESPN, ESPN Radio, and Sirius XM. He has been at ESPN since 2012 and hosts numerous shows along with doing play-by-play as well. He graduated from the University of Colorado and got his career started in Denver before moving on to Nebraska and then ESPN. He was born and raised in Rochester, New York, and now lives in Charlotte, North Carolina with his wife and four kids. Matt, so great to have you on Unpacking It today. How are you? 
Bryce, that is, uh, I already know you are a great researcher and all of that, <laughs> I can fact check all of that very quickly and all of that was accurate, uh, according to my sources. Everything you said was accurate. <laughs> great to be out with you. That's awesome. Well, actually, I, I lived in Rochester, New York as a, a young kid before moving to Charlotte. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was in, uh, I was in Fairport, New York. Yeah, me too. And, uh, yeah, my, mo- my mom's uh, family is, is from, uh, she was born in Buffalo. My dad was born in Queens. We settled in Fairport. My mom had a lot of family around there. So Fairport High School, I was, I'm a former Red Raider. I moved right before my senior year of high school. That is awesome. I, I moved at the age of five, but, uh, but still have fond memories, and, and especially the, uh, the cold winters, that's for sure. So. Yes, yes, yes. It snows. It snows there. It stays there for six months. Here in Charlotte, a tad better, where you can actually go outside with four kids in the month of January. So it's good. Exactly. Absolutely. Matt Schick, our guest right now, on unpacking it, and and so as I even read your bio and 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 know that you are you know involved with different aspects at ESPN. So you host shows, you do some play by play, you host different types of shows, and and interact with different analysts. So, so of all those different kind of media platforms, what is your favorite aspect of each of those? Well, I think it's, it's all encompassing in that just being able to work with and meet so many different people and people that, you know, you watched on TV either growing up or before I got into the business. And now I get to work with some of those people and, and call them colleagues and ask for advice. And the fact that everyone's very supportive of everybody and, I can, you know, when I'm getting into play-by-play, you know, we had some layoffs a couple of years ago, and my job changed from more of a studio host to, all right, you'll do some studio, but now you're going to do a lot more play-by-play. So I went from calling maybe one or two play-by-play events a year to 25 wow. uh, to 30 events a year, and it almost happened overnight. And so to be able to, you know, text or email or call different play-by-play voices at ESPN and have them at my disposal and everyone's looking out for everybody else, you know, those relationships are really cool. I, I love doing games. I love doing play-by-play of, of games. I love the prep work that goes into it. You know, the prep work is the toughest part, and then the game starts, and, and, and there you go. And those are, you know, getting the, the energy from the environment and being around the fans, something you don't get when you're kind of in a sterile, a sterile studio. I love doing the selection shows and unveiling brackets of, you know, we just had the college baseball selection show and it was it's cool to know that you're unveiling the bracket and and they're out in the in the country are different campuses that are holding watch parties and watching and waiting for you to mention their name (laughs) you know national signing day is cool to watch kids and and interview kids moments after right as they're announcing where they're going to go for the next three or four years of school so i've gotten to do a lot of different creative things and that's the you know, the beauty of ESPN is that if you treat people well mm. and you're competent enough, they'll let you do what you want to do or at least give you a shot. And, and I've, I've been able to do that. Oh, that's really cool. Well, so was ESPN always the dream job? And, and then ultimately, how did you end up there? Growing up, I wanted to be a doctor and then quickly oh. realized the, the debt and the schooling. And so those <laughs> two things said, you know what, let's try something else. And I was, you know, I was seven, eight years old nine years old as sports center started to become a big deal, you know, 10 years old, 11. I can remember sitting there and watching Dan Patrick, Keith Olbermann, and you know, Craig Kilborn, Brett Haber, Larry Beal, all these guys, Kenny, Kenny Maine. And, you know, that was when sports center was on, you know, once a day. And I remember watching going, well, I love sports. 
I'm competent at sports, but I recognized very early. I was, you know, academically, I wasn't the most brilliant kid, but I had enough street smarts to realize very early at the age of 10, 11, or 12 that I wasn't going to play professionally or get a scholarship to play. Mm-hmm. No one was going to compensate me for my athletic endeavors. And so I decided very early that that's what I wanted to do. You know, my, I got an older sister, a younger brother, and my parents, whenever they would go out and, and we were old enough to watch ourselves, you know, my sister being a couple of years older, um, they would go out on a date on a date night, and when they came home, we would have a mock newscast filmed with our camcorder uh, for my parents to watch. And I was always a co-anchor with my brother or sister. Then we do some <laughs> skits and creative things, and we didn't have editing equipment, so we had to nail it the first time. And when they would come home, we'd say, "Okay," we'd pop in the VHS tape, say, "Here we go," and I would just watch their reaction and and just very early I knew that I wanted to do. TV. I wanted to do sports and to be able to get to this level is, is something that is never lost on me. And I think the mm. steps along the way, I, I'm so glad the journey took as long as it did. Uh, I'll put it that way because it just, mm. you just appreciate every little step. Oh, that, that, that's cool. No, unpack that a little bit more. Why, why you're thankful that it, that it took the, the, the direction and the, the amount of time that it did. I can, I can remember, um, you know, being in college and doing an internship at Channel 9 KUSA in Denver. I would do newscasts at the University of Colorado, and then I would bring them to my internship and show them to the sports producers. And I remember going, hey, as soon as they see this, they're going to want to hire me because I'm really good. <laughs> um, right. We, we all have it. You know, my mom thinks I'm Bob Costas at That's the right. age of 17. Like, like things are going to be great. And I remember showing it, and I kind of nod their head. You're in your own little bubble, right? You're only comparing yourself to the kids in your journalism class at mm-hmm. Colorado. And I remember thinking, gosh, I, should, I could start here. I could start in Denver, and, and here we go. And you realize that, you know, you have these plans, man plans and God laughs, right? Like you think you, you have the best idea. And then you realize once you get into the starter market that, okay, this is a lot more challenging than I thought. Mm. And then when you start at a base level, and I started at a station in central Nebraska, Kearney, Nebraska, a population of the town is 30,000. Mm. And I, I start there and I'm making, I'm making mistakes. I'm screwing up. You know, I'm butchering on camera things. I'm watching my newscasts or sportscasts every single night. And it's just these, you know, the journey along the way of being able to mess up Mm. And thank God that it wasn't YouTube back then. Uh, <laughs> social media was not even a, didn't even exist back then. So you're able to screw up and, and be hidden. And then by the time you're ready, then you're more prepared. But the journey, the relationships you have, and I can remember at the ABC affiliate in central Nebraska, KHGI, NTV, where you're there with a bunch of kids your age, 21, 22, 23, 24 years old, who are all single you're all trying to get to that next step and you're all working together Mm. you're not competing against each other you're competing with each other and it made you better and then you take the next step and i went to omaha after that you know i was a sports director at at the central nebraska station at the age of 22 i I think 23 years old and then i go to omaha now i'm back and as a weekend sports anchor and i'm looking up to this 35 40 year old sports director and i'm trying, you know, just proving yourself again and again to new audiences, new people. And I just think, you know, there are people who go straight from college to, hey, now I'm going to start in market number 15, or I'm going to intern there. And now they're going to hire me. 
you're just not allowed to screw up as much. Mm. And I think the journey has made me appreciate it. Where I get to ESPN, I look in the rear view and go, that was a long journey, but it makes me appreciate where I am. Mm. And uh, there are some people who get to do a level and they don't because the journey was so quick and they don't, you know, it's like a, a guy going straight from high school to the majors. Yeah. That sense of entitlement can set in. Mm. But if you go to A-ball, if you go to double-A, if you go to triple-A, if you're on long bus rides, if you're helping clean up the locker room, if you're helping mow the grass uh, in the outfield, those things help you appreciate every step you've been, and that's kind of where I'm at. Oh, good stuff from Matt Schick. He works at ESPN, and when we come back, we're going to hear more about his broadcasting career as well as his faith journey. We've got a lot to get to with Matt Schick right here on Unpacking It, unpackingit.com. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. We're back here on Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. Our website, unpackingit.com. On there, you can subscribe to our weekday email devotional where we take a quick thought about sports, faith, and life and send it to you through email for free. So check that out on unpackingit.com. We'll also do our segment, Unpack This, to wrap up the show in just a little bit. But right now, we're in the middle of a conversation with the versatile broadcaster at ESPN, Matt Schick. And we continue with him now. Love hearing about your your career and, and, and how you ended up at ESPN, but, but would also love to hear a little bit about your faith journey. And, and, and I'll just ask, when did you decide to follow Jesus? And, and what was that process like for you to get to that point? I was, I was raised Catholic by my uh, parents and had a great upbringing in that regard went to church every week and, you know, growing up, it, it felt very, it didn't feel very as tangible to me. And, and then once I got to college, I got involved with uh, a campus ministry called Campus Crusade for Christ. Oh yeah. And I started being around kids that, um, that kind of shared my, my values. Uh, they were more, um, it, it was a diverse group of people, but they, we, we had core values in that we shared. And, and I think I quickly learned that, you know, once you have that, um, uh, that Christ centeredness, which I always believed I had, but I probably didn't, it didn't really become real to me until college. Mm. Uh, once you have that Christ centeredness, everything else, you know, that filters out into everything else and spills in every other area of your life. And so in college is really, really started to, uh, take off for me. And some of my best friends are those who I met through that campus ministry. That's awesome. Um, and in fact, it, it came at a time where I was really struggling in college, trying to, trying to have friends that didn't force me to compromise who I was or who I wanted to be. Mm. You know, that culture shock at Colorado in college was tough because we had just moved from New York to Colorado the year prior for my senior year of high school. So I had two consecutive years of just new people and in new environments and just trying to find my identity. 
So anyway, in school, uh, that became a, a big deal. And then eventually, a couple of years later, uh, it was after my junior year of college, I went on a, a summer missions trip, a summer project to San Diego, yeah. uh, where we had to raise a couple of grand. And I uh, spent nine weeks in San Diego. And I met my wife out there. Oh. Um, and she she was at St. Cloud State at the time. And she came out with a couple of, of her. We had 95 college kids from all over the country, all over the country that met in San Diego. And we did nine weeks together, you know, some Bible studies and, and learning how to use your job as a ministry opportunity, not just a job to make money, uh, but to meet both ends. And so we were able to do that. We, we uh, evangelized and tried to share the gospel on the beach, uh, which was great because you could go up to people and talk and they couldn't say we were too busy, you know, you're on the beach. Uh, <laughs> so it was, it, was, it was good. That taught me about uh, sharing the gospel, sharing the good news, discipleship, evangelism, all those things that Jesus preached. And so that's where that really took flight. And then, uh, and then that spilled over into, into, you know, getting into the business and treating people certain ways. And, um, so, you know, there wasn't really that one light bulb moment. It's Mm -hmm. been a gradual uh, deal for me and, but it really started in college. Oh, that's so cool. I, I did Campus Crusade as well up at App State, so uh, love that ministry and, and had a great yeah. impact on, on me as well. Uh, Matt Schick, our guest right now on Unpacking It. He's a broadcaster for ESPN. And, and so how does your faith uh, affect how you view your job and, and even making sure that your job doesn't become your identity? It's a daily challenge. That is the, the biggest struggle, and I think a lot. You know, you can call yourself a Christian, and that means you're, that, that what you're doing is not saying you're perfect. You're admitting you're imperfect That's right. and that you need help. And that is a daily struggle for me. Um, you know, my smartphone makes me dumb uh, <laughs> because I am, you know, I, I feel like, and sometimes I use it as an excuse, but I am. I, I try to know everything that's going on because I host a weekly, you know, radio show on ESPN Radio, um, or I, you know, I, I'm hosting this college football show, so I need to know what these coaches are saying. So I'm listening to podcasts and all this, and I am so full of information about sports. Uh, but that can, you know, when I'm at home, and I'm sorry, I need to check Twitter to see what this writer is writing about because I got the show in two days. It, it, it is a daily challenge for me to make sure that I'm limiting that and focusing on the things that are important. Because, I, look, I'm great at the, at the worldview perspective, but sometimes it's that, it's that uh, minutia day by day, minute by minute, that you can get caught up in the things that aren't as important. So I think my perspective is good, but it's a daily challenge to make sure that I am not want to be in the world, but not of it. And mm. I, I think, you know, you become what you're around. And so, uh, admittedly, I need to do, I need to do a better job of that. I think it's, you know, without the anchor of Christ, I would get caught up a lot more in what the world thinks of me or what people are saying about me or, you know, what they tweeted me or post about me because social media can be a big, uh, a big wormhole where you start feeling worse about yourself. Mm. I think at the very least what my faith has allowed is that I don't care what other people, especially those that I don't know, mm. um, think about me because I know what God, what Christ, what my family think about me. 
So awesome to hear Matt Schick, our guest right now on Unpacking It, broadcaster for ESPN. And Matt, as we as we wrap things up, man, I could talk to you all day. Uh, but but I I've kind of been asking this question as we wrap things up for the last few months because uh, my my wife is due with our first child in August. Oh, that's awesome. And and so I got to ask you as a a father of four, what advice do you have for a first time dad? Oh wow. Um trying to reflect on our first child so we had four kids uh five and uh, four kids under five for about two months and then our oldest turned five um i will say that as you get have more kids uh the first kid you're like you know he's in a bubble we're never letting him out of the house for the first five years and by the time you get to kid four, it's always, oh, he playing out in traffic? He'll be fine. Um, you know, it's like your perspective certainly changes. But for the first one, there are, uh, there are a few things. One, make sure you're doing as much as you can to share the responsibilities with your wife. Mm. Because although she might be uh, breastfeeding, getting up in the middle of the night and all that, uh, make sure you're doing whatever you can to assist in that. Because that will go a long way uh, for, for your marriage. Um, the other things are very, uh, trivial yet can go a long way. Uh, don't do anything. You have to always play the long game. Mm. Don't do anything, uh, for the, you know, consistently that you aren't going to do for the next two or three years, specifically, uh, allowing your children to sleep in your bed, uh, with you. Don't do that. I just met with someone the other day who said, yeah, my daughter slept in my bed for the first seven years of her life. Don't ever do that. Our children never slept in our bed. Uh, That's a sacred spot. That's our place. Please, children, you have your own uh, place. That that is one thing. Uh, The other, you need to learn the, the beauty of the dream feed, which is when the baby is swaddled uh, before you go to bed, as the ba- you know, you've got that bottle of milk or whatever, whatever it is, breast milk that has been pumped. Dad, that is your time. Wake the child up. Well, you're not even waking. 11, 11.30 at night, that baby is swaddled. Feed that baby. That baby won't wake up, but it will eat. Uh, he or she will eat. And then that'll buy you three or four more uh, hours of sleep. You will learn very quickly that your happiness in life is directly correlated to the sleep habits of your child. Um, and so make sure that those sleep habits, sleep training, all of those things uh, come as soon as possible. Because otherwise, your first child will be your last because you will never, ever want to do it again. So, um, but it is, I will say, it is the greatest trade-off in the history of life mm. in that you give up so much. You give up your social, a lot of your social life. You give up a lot of your freedom, but you gain uh, so much more. And that this child that you just met, you would fall in front of traffic for that child Mm. um, to bring it back full circle. So it's it's the greatest blessing. It's the greatest miracle. And you start thinking about Bible stories. As soon as you see that child, you go, oh, my goodness, Uh, uh, Abraham and, and going to the My goodness, this is. This is really uh, powerful. That and think about God giving up His only Son for you. Mm. I would never do that for anyone. Mm. So it's the perspective that you gain the moment that child is born is uh, is really incredible. And so, 
best of luck and prayers to you because it is a journey that uh, it's it's so life changing. You're never ready for it. It's like yeah. marriage, right? <laughs> you'd never you'd never get married if you had to be ready to get married, and you'd never have a child if you had to be ready. That's the right. moment you leave that hospital, you will be shocked that they allow you to take that child home <laughs> uh, by yourself. You will drive 25 and a 55 uh, for that child, and uh, it's it's great. So uh, blessings to you, prayers to you, and that's uh, congratulations in advance. It's great. Oh, that's excellent. No, I appreciate that really thoughtful advice uh, from Matt Schick. And, and Matt, really appreciate you joining us here on unpacking it today just love your uh, love your heart and and all that you uh shared with us today and we'll, we'll definitely have to do this again anytime look uh really enjoyed it and uh look forward to the next time thanks bryce he's matt schick from espn right here on unpacking it up next tony kemp from the houston astros is our guest right after this Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Hey, hey, it's Bryce Johnson, and it is time to start thinking about the upcoming fantasy football season. And good news, Unpacking It Ministries has a resource for you that will take you from the draft all the way through the championship. Order your Fantasy Football Fellowship Playbook today, and each week, read about a fantasy concept and how it relates to the Bible and our own lives. It's designed for your league to discuss at weekly league meetings, on the phone, or in person. The FFF Playbook will add more meaning and purpose to the fantasy season and add value to your league. Grow in your faith, build deeper relationships with other owners in the league, and make more of your fantasy season. Join us at fantasyfootballfellowship.org and find all the details and order the FFF playbook today. That's fantasyfootballfellowship.org. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Thanks so much for joining us on Unpacking It. Hope you enjoyed our conversation with Matt Schick from ESPN. If you ever miss any part of our show, you can check out our podcast anywhere podcasts are found. Just search Unpacking It. Coming up, we've got our segment, Unpack This, but we've got another great guest for you, and joining us now is Tony Kemp, a second baseman and outfielder for the AL West leading Houston Astros. He played college baseball at Vanderbilt, where he won SEC Player of the Year and Freshman of the Year. He made his Major League debut in 2016 and won a World Series ring with the Astros in 2017. He joins us today to talk faith, baseball, and life. Tony, thanks so much for being with us on Unpacking It. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, just doing, just doing good. Man, that's awesome. No, glad to have you. And, and so we're, we're almost to the All-Star break. So, so how have you felt about the season so far for you personally and for the team? Yeah, it's been going well. Uh, you know, we're still sitting first in the AL West. And uh, we had a little rough patch in this last road trip. Only won one game against the, the Yankees. The Reds played us really well. They won. Uh, three one run ball game. So 
uh, that's always it's always tough. But we won the series season against the Yankees, so that's what's that's what's important. You got to take the positives away from the road trip. But uh, you know, myself feel good about you know contributing to the team any way I can. Uh, you know, we got a we got a lot of good talent on this team with uh, Altuve, George Springer, Correa be back after All Star break, Brantley, Josh Reddick. Justin Verlin, I mean, the list goes on and on, but uh, yeah, we're uh, we're playing well right now. Just gotta keep it going. That that's awesome. So, what is what is the mindset like now that you guys have already won a World Series? You know what it takes. So, at this point in the season, like like, how do you re- approach it differently, having already done it before? Yeah, I think that's the advantage, obviously, of winning. Uh, you see what you have to do to get there, and uh, you know, I think the guys are more hungry than ever, uh, just because losing to Boston at home, uh, especially me, because I was the last out. I flew out to left field. And, uh, you know, you know, you you think about those things and you remember those things going into the offseason. You kind of have a you have a different fire inside you that you, you work toward. And, you know, obviously you want to be the best team in the, in the big leagues. And, uh, you know, that's the goal. And I think, you know, this team's good because of just how they treat each other. And, you know, everybody comes to the clubhouse in a, in a, in a positive, in a positive manner. And, uh, everybody's always just ready to work, and uh, you know it shows. And uh, everybody gets along with everyone here, and uh, everybody has a certain amount of respect for each other. So I think that's important uh, when you uh, build a team. Absolutely, that's awesome. Tony Kemp, our guest right now on unpacking it, and, and so I'm sure you've been watching the the College World Series, and, and you're proud of your alma mater, Vanderbilt. Uh, but but what do you miss most about playing college baseball? <laughs> yeah, I've been. Uh, last night I was I was hitting in the cage and uh, I flipped on the game for about 30 seconds just to check in and see uh, what the score was and we were we were up four to one at the time so I feel like we could have pulled the pulled the win out and and we did so uh, yeah you know I think college baseball is just a whole different atmosphere and uh, you miss it because you're all working toward one goal and you know there's no contracts there's no politics you know this guy is a first round draft pick so he has to play and uh you know it's just it doesn't matter what percentage of scholarship you're on it's you know whoever is the best player is going to play and you know i just missed that about college baseball is uh just a it's it's so unique and it's so innocent so real and uh you know especially being with your your guys uh you spend so much time together in the dorms and walking to class and lunch and you know you're going through practices from yeah I don't know, two, three hours, and then you go to study hall, and then after study hall um, and lunch your, or dinner, you're going back to the dorm. So uh, it's it's just a whole different grind you have with a, a different bunch of guys that are 18 to 21 years old. So it's a it's it's just a whole new it's a whole different ball game from high school to college. But you know, I remember seeing the last out being made in our super regional against Louisville, and yeah, it's tough. I remember obviously a lot of guys were crying because. You know, you realize that you're never going to step foot on the college baseball field again and, and compete. So, uh, yeah, I miss a lot of things about college. But, uh, you know, once you can take that next step to pro ball, I think that, uh, you know, that goes away a little bit. That's that's true. Tony Kemp, our guest right now on Unpacking It. He's a second baseman and outfielder for the Houston Astros. And and so as we kind of progress throughout your, your baseball career and, and talk a little college baseball but but also mm-hmm. want to get your thoughts on on minor league baseball because I'm just kind of fascinated by by just how tough it is you know to get to the next level and and to grind it out in in minor leagues and so what was your experience like in the minors and and when you consider that season of your life what what are some things that come to mind 
Yeah, the minor leagues is definitely, you know, I never use the word grind, but once you get to the minor leagues, uh, grind is definitely the word for it. Um, <laughs> you know, we still talk about it, you know, a bunch of the guys that are in the big leagues now with the Astros, you know, we still talk about how hard it is, what we do. You know, at a time, there's only 750 guys that can be on, you know, in the major leagues with 30 teams. And that's what's saying, man, there's still less than 20,000 big leaguers who's ever stepped foot on a big league field or been on a big league roster. There's still less than 20,000 ever since, you know, the early 1900s. So mm. that's, that's just wild to me. You can't even, you can't even fill up a, a big league a big league stadium with all the big leaguers who have ever played the game, if you think about wow. it. So, yeah, it's, it's some things that, you know, people don't think about, you know, the just being in the elite category of, you know, how hard it is to do what we do. And, uh, you know, the minor leagues is a different grind because it's tough because you're not really in that college mode anymore. You're not, you're, you're with guys who've been in pro ball. Maybe you run into some guys who are high school picks and you just, it's a whole different broad of guys who get, you get brought into and, and it's your teammates and, um, you know, college, it's all about the team. And, you know, once you get to minor leagues, it, it's about the team a little bit, but it's more about you making your own path and, kind of a dog eat dog world and you know i got i signed and got sent to troy new york and played for the tri-city uh the the valley cats there stayed there for about a month or so and got called up to low a and you know that was the first time i was introduced to carlos correa and you know we've been great friends ever since 2013 and nice we played up the middle uh mostly throughout our minor league our minor league careers up until double a and then he moved. He moved up. He moved up a little faster than I did. He got called up to the big leagues in 2015, and uh, I was in 2016. But uh, the minor league is just a different. It's a different world. You're, it's 100 and it's 140 or so games, and uh, that's not including playoffs. And uh, you know the pay is you're getting paid about 400 bucks every two weeks. And wow. you know some guys get signing bonuses. You know some guys get paid more than other guys. You know depending on your signing bonus, but. Other than that, the pay is about four hundred bucks every two weeks. It's tough. Most guys are living three or four to a to an apartment to an apartment, two bedroom. You might have two guys living out in the in the in the common area in the living area. Uh, it's a different grind, you know. It's a it's a fun experience, and uh, it's you know those guys who are grinding out there, you know, just don't give up. All you know, there's always a new day tomorrow, and keep staying in it. That that's right, Tony Kemp, our guest right now on Unpacking It. Uh, he's with the Houston Astros, sharing a little bit about his journey. Uh, with us today and you know not only is it hard to to make it to the big leagues but then also to stay in the big leagues and so I want to go you know part of your story too is you make it in in 2016 but then you also went back down to AAA before returning to the Astros and so you know what was that part of your your journey like and, and and how was your faith challenged during that time? Yeah, I mean, hey, I understood that we had a good team. Um, I was a rookie at the time. Uh, I wasn't starting that much. I was more of a pinch hit role, late pinch runner mode. And, uh, you know, I would start every now and then. And actually, a, it's actually a funny story. I got sent down when we were playing the Kansas City Royals. And my good friend now, he's actually a groom in my wedding, A.J. Reed. Oh, nice. He was, uh, he, he was the number one prospect at the time for the Astros. And he had been killing it, hitting 350, 360. And, it, it was about time for him to, to come up. He was in uh, he was in AAA, and they're like, "Hey, we're gonna call up AJ. I think it's the time. The time's right, and uh, we're gonna option you back down to the minor leagues." And you know, which was which was okay. Um, it, it, it's all silver. It's all silver linings and how God aligns your your path. And 
when I got optioned, my wife was actually, my wife now was actually in Toronto and she was actually, she wasn't allowed to come into the United States because she still had her Canadian passport and oh. they thought that she was moving back to the States and turns out uh, she wasn't able to see my big league debut. So once I got optioned, I was able to fly up to Toronto for three days and hang out with her and kind of share that moment and that experience with her. And, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, you know, obviously your faith is going to be tested because once you get optioned, you're like, all right, I got that taste of the big leagues. I did okay, but can I play in the big leagues? Like, can I play with the big boys? And, you know, I felt like I could. I got, you know, called back up, you know, right before September or so and uh, did well and hit a hit a home run on, on my friend that passed away his, his like two days before his birthday and uh, hit a home run. And, you know, that home run, you know, was for him. And, uh, you know, just things uh, – it, it's funny how – talking about it now you really don't think about it but how many times god works in your in your life and you know you never know when he's gonna you know pop up and surprise you but you just have to you know keep that faith and uh keep it strong absolutely and so uh, along those lines uh looking at your your twitter bio you've got two different verses on there with a very similar theme so so hebrews ten thirty five. so do not throw away this confident trust in the lord and then proverbs 3 5 trust in the lord with all your heart so, so why did you put those two on the Twitter bio, and, and what do those two verses mean to you? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, I love going through the Bible, and I love you know, he takes us through verses. We're going through Matthew right now, and, uh, you know, because we're not able to go to church on Sundays, obviously. Those two verses are huge for me just because, you know, in baseball, you can, you can get down on yourself really easy. Mm. Uh, you know, it's a, game, it's a game of failure, and you have to know that. You know, you're you're a Hall of Famer if you're successful three out of ten times in this game. That's uh, that's Hall of Fame status. So <laughs> just being able to know that it's a game of failure. Um, Hebrews 10.35, you know, do not throw away your confidence uh, because it will be richly rewarded um, is big for me just because the confidence you need to walk up to the plate, to go play defense, uh, you know, confidence is the number one thing in this game. You know, first thing is confidence and the rest are your abilities and your mental and you have to be confident in yourself and, uh, know that you have the abilities to play this game. So, you know, don't throw your confidence away. I think that is just, you know, it, wraps, it encompasses everything that I believe in. And Proverbs uh, 3, 5 is don't lean on your own understanding. It's huge for me because we go through this life as humans and we want to be in control of everything. And, you know, that's not the case. You know, God's in control of uh, everything that we do day in and day out. He's already He's already scheduled everything in our lives. So, you know, being able to you know, rely on those verses is, is everything for me because, uh, you know, we can't do this life alone. We just have to make sure that we're just day in, day out, not taking advantage of, you know, the good life that we live and uh, just being blessed every day. Amen. Amen. Well, Tony, I, I know you got to get going, uh, but, but one other thing I wanted to mention uh, is also on your Twitter bio, you're a two-time fantasy football champion. I'm, I'm a huge fantasy football guy, and, and I've won a few rings myself. So, so what's your secret to success? <laughs> yeah, I enjoy fantasy football. It's always, it's always fun. My wife actually has gotten into it, and she won the league last year, so she's been rubbing it all in my face. Uh, but <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's good. It's all, about, it's all about the sleeper picks. I think it's not about, you know, you have to have a good first-round first draft pick, I'd say. Other than that, you know, I think third, third, fourth, and fifth rounds are the most important because those are the guys that are, aren't, aren't huge names, but they're guys that uh, could have breakout seasons, and you just have to scout those guys. 
I like it. I'm right there with you. Well, Tony, man, it was awesome to have you on the show today. Really appreciate you joining us here on Unpacking It, and, and wish you the best the, the rest of the way this season, and, and good luck to the, the Houston Astros the, the rest of the way as well. So thanks so much. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good one. He's Tony Kemp from the Houston Astros. Up next, we'll do our segment, Unpack This, about not looking back. It's Unpacking It. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. It's time for our final segment of the day. We call it Unpack This, where I take a current sports story and relate it to the Bible and our own lives. So let's jump right in. Unfortunately for Philadelphia Eagles defensive tackle Tim Jernigan, he missed 13 games during the 2018 season. Because his back injury caused a lack of production, the Eagles chose not to pick up his $11 million contract option, and he's returning to the team with a base salary of only $1.25 million this year. It's disappointing that his injury is costing him so much, but Jernigan is trying to keep a positive approach and has commented, I'd rather not look back on that situation. It is what it is. It's over. My focus is on what's going on now. I'm just excited about what we've got going on here. The headline on ProFootballTalk.com reads, Tim Jernigan, only looking forward after rough 2018 season. Now, maybe we haven't missed out on $10 million, but we've all had rough seasons with missed opportunities, regrets, and failed expectations. When we face these unfortunate circumstances, do we choose to dwell on what happened to us or focus on what's going on now? Do we spend more time thinking about what could have been and how we should have done things differently, or do we leave it all in the past and decide not to look back at that situation? Sure, it's important to remember God's faithfulness in the past in order to give us hope for the future, but even the great moments are over now, too. God is doing something in us and through us right now, so let's stop looking back. The Lord says, but forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? Today, let's ask God to help us focus on the now and the future. Knowing that the past is over, let's believe he's going to do something new. Our past may be filled with heartache, but if we fill ourselves with Jesus and trust him for what's next, we won't have room to dwell on what's already happened. So I hope you're willing to unpack that for yourselves and really appreciate you joining me today and hope you'll stay connected with us throughout the week on social media and on unpackingit.com. If you have any thoughts about today's show, you can email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Until next time, I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful week. This has been Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA and Sirius XM, Channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio.